Hello, and welcome to episode number 72, the Armin Show podcast, the podcast you've been listening to for a while. Let's just say a while. So glad to have you on here. And now, you know, yesterday we had activist guest Felipe. He's very moving in what he does. Well, who, what, when, where, why? We have a follow-up with another guest with a movement. Who is our guest today? It is Jane. Hi. Thanks for having me. Glad to have Jane on the podcast. So... First, as I do with Felipe, what is an introduction to yourself you would like to give? Um, well, uh, on the spot. On the spot. Um, okay, well, um, I'm a Glendale resident, and um, I've lived in Los Angeles almost 22 years now. I can't believe it. Um, I, I'm a transplant from the East Coast, um, but I do call LA my home now. I've been here a long time. Um, and I've lived in Glendale, I think close to 13 years now. So yeah. And, and I love it. I, I love the area. So what's your favorite thing about Glendale? Uh, my favorite thing, the people, I love the people. Um, you know, there's so many different people with different backgrounds and different interests and you can learn something new about the world every day just by talking to a new person and people are generally pretty friendly um, if you catch their eye. <laughs> Usually everyone's on the go somewhere because we live in a big metropolitan city but um, for the most part people are people are really approachable and, and friendly and, and quite lovely so yeah. This is very cool. I think so too. You know me I've mentioned mentioned in previous episodes socializing with many people in public not everybody's going to be the biggest fan but there's some great people in the region and you just have to reach out and meet them it's worth it for you and the people you don't connect with they just you don't connect with them and they go on their merry way but the people you do connect with they could be people you get along with for a long time to come do projects with who knows right okay so now on this specific episode i want to focus on a movement of sorts. There is something happening in Glendale related to Glendale Water and Power, which is like the Glendale committee team company for water and power. People pay them. That's your bill. Now, what's the deal? What's the issue? Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me again today to discuss this. So GWP, Glendale Water and Power, it has been the main utility in Glendale for decades. Um, they've done, you know, they, they've done a great job making sure we all have power. Um, although prices are pretty high, uh, but that's pretty true for most people in the state of California. Utilities, I believe now are 50% higher than anywhere else in the entire country, according to the LA times. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some reasoning behind that. So I, I can certainly go over that briefly. But um, <laughs> well, it all goes back to 15 years or more um, when Enron happened and the state of California said, never again, we will not rely on power being sold to us from outside the state that we don't control. So um, basically what happened was California immediately got into building lots and lots of power plants, electrical power plants. Um, but <laughs> the problem is they built so many over the last 15 years or so, um, new plants that were built in the last 13, 14 years are now closing down because there are so many of them, there's not enough rate payers in order to uh, 
justify the, the, the continued running of them. In fact, we are paying Arizona to take some of our excess power from California. We are actually paying another state to take some of our excess power. So uh, we just have way too many power plants um, that are running in, in this state. And what that means is we took out a lot of money from the bank, a lot of bonds from the bank in order to pay for the construction of all these power plants. And that's basically what we're paying back right now is all the borrowed money used to build uh, the excess of power plants that the state now has, and many of which are starting to close down. Um, because it's just more expensive to run them than it is to um, close them. And yet we're still paying back the bonds uh, that were all borrowed to build out these plants. Strangely enough, GWP now wants to expand the power plant in Glendale. Now, um, within this midst of financial craziness around utilities and, and power plants. So, so here's a little backstory. Glendale has had the Grayson power plant um, since the 40s. They built it, I think, in like, I don't know if it was 40 or 41 or 42, but early 40s. Let me just jump in here. A lot of buildings in Glendale and Locker Center were built in the 40s as well. I think a lot was built around here yeah. in the 1940s. Yes, it was. It was. So um, they built the plant right where the 5 and the 134 is right now is where it's located, just underneath the overpass. Um, it's really easy to miss because there's like a strip of industrial things there. Um, but it is there if you look for it. Uh, it's quite large. Um, yeah, it's situated like right next to DreamWorks, um, if you know where that is. But uh, at any rate, um, so they built it and um, they really haven't renovated it much since the 40s, believe it or not. They've retrofitted one or two turbines since then um, in the 70s. But other than that, they really, you know, all the facilities there are quite old. So it's understandable uh, that they want to have some kind of plan of what to do with the power plant. Uh, now in 2017 or 2018, 2018. <laughs> 2018. So, so that's understandable, but, um, the plans that they have are really questionable, um, and pose quite a risk to the local residents. So, so their plan is to retrofit the rest of the turbines. There's eight in total and have the plant then run 24, seven, 365 days of the year. Now, one thing you should know is because they really have only retrofitted one or two turbines since the 70s, they generally just use those. And sometimes they use a few more, but very, very rarely. And they use them primarily on days when it's really hot and energy usage spikes and they need a little extra power on the grid. Um, but for the most part, they buy power from outside uh, municipalities and utilities, which a lot of areas do. Um, and the reason why our prices are high are not because we are necessarily being, um, um, you know, uh, what's the word, um, played for higher prices. It's the fact that everyone's paying higher prices because so many power plants have been built up and uh, the banks have to be paid back for all the borrowed bonds to build out all these power plants throughout the state. So this would just add to the financial um, uh, uh, ludicrousness that we currently are suffering here in the state of California with utilities. But that being said, um, so they want to build out this power plant um, and build out all the, the turbines, all eight, and have them run 365 days a year, 24-7. And they're saying, they're claiming that um, in their EIR report, that's the environmental impact report that they put out 
uh, back in September, late September, early October. Uh, it was a 5,000-page report. Um, and in that report, they're claiming that it'll be cleaner energy than it is now. Well, that's true. These will be newer turbines for sure. But at the end of the day, if you're running primarily one or two turbines, maybe 30, 40 days out of the year, and now you want to run eight turbines and run them 365 days of the year, you will have a greater output of pollution. And that's what our concern is. Does Glendale really need to generate three times the amount of power that Glendale currently uses? Now, the obvious answer would be no. I just want to throw that in there. I jump in, Mr. Obvious. <laughs> so, so a lot of people are saying, well, wait, 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 wait. There's all of these condos being built in downtown Glendale. What about all these new residents who are going to be moving right, in? There's a lot of development. There's a lot of development happening. And, of course, there are many residents taking issue with that. But um, where is all this power going to come from to pay for all these new residents? Well, the thing to know is this. Glendale has plenty of money. We generate money from all the property taxes. Um, we generate money from um, building permits that are happening from all the businesses, including the Americana and the Galleria. Um, the two main malls, by the <laughs> Yeah, huge malls. Um, and we, we, we actually have a fair amount of money. But that being said, um, Glendale actually uses 15% less energy every year due to the fact that things are becoming more energy efficient, but also the thing to know is more and more solar panels are being put up on right. people's roofs. So that's all being put into the grid. Now, some people say, well, wait a minute, we don't have... We don't have batteries to save all of the solar energy. Tesla power pack. <laughs> That's right. So the, the technology is really changing quite quickly right now. Um, there's a lot of uh, work being done by Tesla and some other companies to generate and create these new batteries where we can um, save and store this solar energy. So we have the solar energy being put into the grid every day by people who have solars on the roofs. And I, I believe that Glendale Galleria just put up a bunch of solar panels. Some of the local schools in Glendale have put up solar panels on their roofs. Clark Magnet High School has a parking lot with solar panels on the roof. There's another one. Yeah, yeah. And I believe some there's some plans for some of the, the municipal buildings to have, um, power, uh, have uh, solar panels put on their roofs too. So all of this energy is being put into the grid and being used every day. And that um, taps less and less power from uh, GWP um, being needed. So that's important to know. We are actually doing fine with the levels of power that we are able to buy and generate today, right now. Um, and as far as future construction goes, because we're using 15% ev less every year, we're really moving in the direction of actually needing less and less, uh, despite all the construction that's happening in Glendale. If I were to put that in Math terms, is that GWP basically saying we would like to profit a bit more and uh, increase pollution a bit more? That is exactly, that is exactly correct. Um, so the, they're thinking, um, and, and I'm getting all of this from the 5,000-page EIR, the Environmental Impact Report, that was submitted to City Hall back in uh, late September, early October. Um, and it was 5,000 pages, um, and they, they have a, um, 
a lengthy description of what their plans are and why this would be such a benefit, building out the Grayson Power Plant would be such a benefit to Glendale. But in the very back are lots of tables and grids. And in those tables and grids, if you really take a close look, you begin to see where the real math is. And the real math is that greenhouse uh, in, uh, emissions will go out, go up by nearly 700%. That is correct. You heard that right. I just want to point out 700% is huge. That's the same as this one, like cryptocurrency stock went up last week to this week and you would have made from $100, $700. That's a huge amount. 700% is big. Yeah, it is pretty big. To be specific, it's 686%. But, it, you know, it's a hard number to we remember round, for people. We We're rounding up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But um, 686%, 700%. It's... it's, it's it's pretty, it's, it's sizable. It's sizable. Now, another thing to know is that the county already doesn't meet EPA standards for air quality. We didn't hear that. We didn't hear that. <laughs> so here we are in Glendale talking about expanding a power plant where our air pollution levels will go up 686%, and this will affect the entire basin. Now, you could say, well, there are carbon credits, right? So where are they getting the carbon credits? I'm sure they're getting them from somewhere. Well, yeah, they are. The city of Los Angeles just put on hold a $2.2 billion plan last May to expand three of their electrical power plants to look into renewable energy for the city of Los Angeles instead. And GWP saying, great, let's buy those carbon credits that they're not going to use. And we'll build out our power plant. And so it won't affect the pollution levels for the basin of the county. Okay, but any thinking person, any thinking person will uh, take a moment and consider the fact that when smoke or pollution comes out of a smokestack, it doesn't get evenly distributed all the way out to Diamond Bar. Nope. No. The most toxic, um, uh, intense part of that pollution settles in the in the immediate area and then dissipates through the rest of the county. So what the EIR does not go into any level of identification or description of is the effects that this uh, increase in pollution, the significant increase in pollution will have on local residents. Now, studies have come out of Michigan um, in the last few years um, that indicate children, specifically children who live near electrical natural gas power plants have significantly lower IQ, neurological degeneration, and gross coordination uh, impairment. Yes. That's messed up. <laughs> yeah, so that basically means their, I don't like it. their abilities to catch a ball or to um, have their reflexes you know, move at, at, an, you know, at an average rate or significantly lower. Um, so you might say, well, I don't really care about my kid becoming a sports star. But the truth is we all need gross motor coordination skills uh, for everyday life. And it really doesn't matter how good the schools are here if our children are going to suffer permanent um, damage, neurological damage. So as I mentioned, this is the same pollution that has been studied in Michigan uh, why, why, why do we need to put our children on a track of, of this kind of uh, damage, lifetime damage? Now, the other thing to know is it also greatly increases the risk of asthma, heart disease, kidney disease, and cancer. 
and people of all ages, especially children, because children's lungs are still being developed. And what it does is it slows down the development of lung growth. But it certainly has an impact on adults as, excuse me, as well. And then the other uh, study that came out last year in 2017 were, um, was a study uh, of elderly residents who live near the 10 freeway. Um, and what it indicated was that dementia levels go up by nearly 50, 50% for folks who live close to the 10 freeway. Now, we obviously have the 134 and the 5 and the 2 going through Shout Glendale. Out to a freeway, wonderful freeway leads to Walker Center. It's true, and it's actually rarely clogged. So I, I yeah, it's a very good freeway loss. It really is. Is the secret that many people don't know about. But the 134 and the five clearly are, are very busy freeways. Uh, however, they are not nearly uh, as congested as as the 10 freeway. This expansion of the power plant that Glendale has plans for will be the equivalent of adding 90,000 more gas-burning cars to Glendale Roads every single day. So that will certainly bring us to the level of the 10 freeway. So the risk of dementia will go up greatly for our older residents as well. So, and by the way, all these, all of these um, statistics I'm naming are, are all are documented at the stopgrayson.com website. Again, stop Grayson.com, S-T-O-P-G-R-A-Y-S-O-N.com, under health risks. Uh, so you go to that uh, website, and then you'll see up in the upper left-hand corner a link with health, health risks. You click on that, and um, it'll open up um, a whole list of medical journals and, um, and uh, academic studies on the effects of natural gas exhaust on local residents. So obviously you cannot do anything to support this. There's no website for it. There's no information. To, I'm kidding, I'm joking. Jane's pointing at the website, yes. That is definitely a website you can go to in connection to this. I wanna connect one concept from yesterday's concept, the broad, the broad look at things because she described how pollution, maybe it goes from one area to another and then you could just ignore that fact if you were doing a study and say, oh, it's cleaner. But if you look at the larger context, this is how we get to uh, the planet being very hot, is, oh, it'll go over there. We don't count that in. That's why carbon credits came into the picture in the first place, because people were doing stuff and then just carbon over there uh, in some other land or in a different nation or some other country had pollution, and it was not counted in the cost. So one by one, over time, we have to count all things into costs or else... There is a loophole for a business to freeload off of somewhere or someone. In this case, maybe Glendale residents, aka people with children, and health is kind of a key thing. Also, adults too, though. Adults too. It yes. certainly affects adults as well and, it, and the elderly. So. Right. It does affect all people. By the way, yes, the air quality we breathe is a big like for rec recently the past month before the rain just happened that I mentioned a couple times, the air quality was diminished because there was all this smoke and ashes in the air. And you could tell people were driving more erratically. There was a little bit more of like an anger in society, more um, 
people weren't doing as much. I could feel it. It was different. Now the rain came. It's fresher. Air quality is a huge deal. Power plants also affect air quality. They have for a long time. Coal has been a big issue for, I don't know how many years, hundred, hundreds? Hard to say. China has issues with pollution. So I wanted to bring that back to that. Well, this, now, I want to make this clear, though. Also, um, we already here in the county of Los Angeles don't meet EPA air quality standards. So this idea of building out the Grayson Power Plant right here in Glendale, this is going to affect air quality for as far out as at least 15 miles. So all the areas surrounding Glendale, Burbank, it's pretty much on the border of Burbank and Glendale. So Glendale right. and Burbank right next to each yeah, other. Yeah, but this power plant is almost on the intersection of Burbank and, and Glendale. So Burbank will be immediately affected. Atwater Village, uh, Los Feliz, Hollywood, and then swinging back around to Glassell Park, to Eagle Rock, to uh, Pasadena, to Montrose, to La Crescenta, to La Cañada, um, even as far out as, as Arcadia. Uh, all the air quality for all of these surrounding areas will be affected. Obviously, the closer you live to the power plant, um, the, the more um, dense the pollution, but nonetheless, uh, the, all of these communities are subject to uh, these kinds of health risks. That makes sense. Also, those, those many cities, I'm going to include them. I've mentioned a few of them in different things or where, like yesterday, I recorded in Koreatown, so you get a better sense of Los Angeles. For those listeners who are out there, Mary in Scotland, others, and so on. Now, this is called a movement... Oh, by the way, I want to connect this to, this is not that different. Let's say the net neutrality thing I was talking about recently. Uh, if you don't speak up on things, they happen. If you don't defend your internet freedom, for example, some sort of government agency or a company like Comcast or such will just infringe upon it. It's the battle of wills that is continually going on. You have to represent for your side or else... There isn't your side. And in this case, this is the side of, let's say all people in Glendale just sat there. Then let's say GWP could just profit from uh, the excess energy, add a little pollution, and the person who profited could just go live in New York. Well, the thing to know also, um, uh the, the individual who runs GWP, he doesn't even live in Glendale, by the way. That's exactly he lives in Orange that. County. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to sit here and name names per se. But, um, yes, the, the individual that runs the GWP, he doesn't even. And uh, so, yeah. Um, but, but I'd I like just to add in, I didn't know that, but I called it. like Because you, you can just, it's, it's much easier to, you get it. I don't even have to explain it. You just, you can take advantage and then be over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you might ask, well, why is GWP doing this with all these health risks involved? Well, I, um, I'll give you a little bit more info around this. Money. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it all comes to money, right? Well, one thing to know is that the state of California is looking at passing a, 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 a mandate later this year in 2018. They've been discussing this for a bit, and they seem to be going... Um, full throttle in this direction, which is to pass a law that in 2045, all electrical power plants will need to be um, uh, completely green, which means 100% no emissions by 2045. So that means to build out the Grayson power plant, 
it'll take them about two years to do so. Um, so if they were to start in 2018 uh, and finish in 2020, they'd have 25 years in which to run this before they'd have to completely shut it down uh, by it's law. not that long, it seems like. No, not really. I mean, I, I've, the cost involved with building out this power plant is $500 million. $500 million. We would be borrowing from the bank getting a bond for $500 million. Now, as I mentioned earlier, one of the reasons why the state of California has such high um, utility costs for um, individual residents oh, is because we're banks. paying back the banks for all this borrowed money. It all connects. Yeah, so to um, borrow $500 million to build out this power plant, it's just going to increase all of our utility bills. Well, you could say, well, wait a minute. So they plan on building a power plant to generate three times the amount of power that Glendale needs. What are they going to do with that excess power? They're probably going to sell it to other municipalities. And that is what their plan is. Yes, that is in fact what their plan is. Um, but one thing to know also is the Los Angeles Times put out seven articles since February all about the glut of energy that California is currently suffering from to the point where we are paying Arizona to take some of our excess energy, as I mentioned before. So Glendale, or excuse me, GWP has yet to identify who these outside municipalities are going to be that they're going to sell this excess energy to. When in this state, we clearly don't have enough ratepayers to buy the energy that we've already generated. So it, it, it really doesn't, it, it fiscally actually doesn't really make much sense. Um, it, GWP doesn't really care who they get the money from. They either, if they can't find outside rate payers um, to help participate in um, buying some of this excess energy, they're just going to bill all of the local residents more money by as much as 12% increase. So, you know, whether they get the money from outside rate payers or they get the money from the people who live locally, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, they have their plans to build out this power plant because they basically want to be able to, you know, generate more funds for themselves before this law passes. And when this law passes, um, that all, um, that all electrical power plants have to have 100% green emissions, that means that we're going to be looking at renewable energy instead. And that is not what GWP uh, has really any background in. So um, they're going to be at a loss and maybe this buys them a little bit of time to kind of get on that bandwagon. Um, and so if, if we move towards renewable energy now, GWP will be losing more and more rate pairs. So they're really trying to keep a stronghold on the utilities um, right now rather than lose more and more people to solar or renewable energy. Now, this brings us to the really important um, important topic that I, I want to hit home. Boom, I cut it off before the important topic. Jane, what is the important topic you want to hit home? Okay, um, and that is that last uh, October, November, um, GWP was required by law to submit the EIR, the Environmental Impact Report, to City Hall and let local residents comment on it. They certainly weren't required by law to advertise that it was there, but the, uh, there was a, a GCC, Glendale Community College professor in I economics. I went there for a little bit, a <laughs> uh, Professor in economics there. Uh, his name is uh, Dan Brotman. 
who came across this um, EIR report and he sent it around to a couple environmental attorneys and that's when um, the big discovery happened that uh, the emissions levels would skyrocket to you know a 686% uh, greenhouse emissions along with skyrocketing air particulate levels uh, which causes all of these um, health risks that we discussed earlier. Uh, so basically the cat was out of the bag at that point and he started alerting the local community and um, a group of individuals, Glendale residents, including myself, came together. We call ourselves the Glendale Environmental Coalition and we um, immediately hit the streets and tried to let as many people know uh, what was happening um, with the GWP. One thing I want to add, how did the commission form? Because I always like to include how does a group of people come together towards a cause? Facebook helps. It was Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, and, and, and just knocking on our neighbor's doors. Um, so more and more people just knocking on doors and saying, hey, join our Facebook page. Um, and now we have close to 200 members, I think. Um, <clears throat> not quite, but, but close. Um, so at any rate, um, so we were knocking on doors during that time of October, November, because that was the time where public comment was being taken by city council on the EIR. So there was about six weeks or so that, um, that individuals could send in their comments or concerns about the EIR. Uh, 5,000 pages is a lot of pages to get through. So um, it really just required folks like me knocking on other people's doors and, and, and letting people know um, what was happening. Um, and we were able to get 1,200 emails sent into city council within a period of about three weeks because that was about the period of time in which um, we became aware of what was happening with the uh, EIR and and that GWP had this plan and what kind of effects it would have. Uh, it took a couple weeks just to get through it so that, you know, um, uh, and for the group to form in order to, to let the public know. So in about three weeks, we were able to get that many emails sent in and that impressed uh, one of the city council members enough to make a motion to have a vote happen the end of January, January 23rd, Tuesday, January 23rd to be specific, where they will be voting, the city council will be voting on either to move forward with the Grayson power plant expansion or to look into commissioning an independent study of clean energy alternatives for Glendale, which is exactly what the city of Los Angeles is currently doing. Um, and this is exactly what we were hoping, hoping would happen. So um, we now need to get the word out to as many local residents as possible Please, please, please make your schedule clear on January 23rd at 6 p.m. Uh, the City Council at Glendale City Hall will be voting on whether to move forward with the power plant or move towards clean energy alternatives for Glendale. Uh, the address for City Hall is 613 East Broadway. And that's Glendale, of course, 91206. There is a... Uh, City Hall parking garage located off of Wilson near the intersection of Glendale Avenue and Wilson, um, right across from the Ralph's parking lot. Um, you can pull in there and you can park in that parking garage. It's quite large. Um, and uh, if you could show up at 
from six to seven. Really, we're just asking you to show up for an hour of your time wearing green. Um, we really need as many people to show up as possible because uh, it's a big deal for a city council to say no to GWP. GWP has brought in um, lots and lots of money for Glendale over the years, uh, over the decades, and to go on a completely new route and for city council to have the gumption to basically say, hey, we're going to go a different route now, that's a big deal. So we need as many residents to show up as possible. I heard that... Um, Adam Schiffman, our our congressman. Long live Adam Schiff. He's our guy. <laughs> great guy. Yeah. He likes Armenian people. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's doing such great work in in D.C. right now. Um, but um, his office looks at and every single individual that calls or shows up to a city hall meeting as representing fifty people. So one person represents fifty people. If we can get 200 to 300 people show up to City Hall on January 23rd. That will certainly make a very large impression on City Council, and I believe it will give them the courage to say no to GWP and go in the different direction of commissioning an independent study of clean energy alternatives for Glendale. Um, the City city Council has um, agreed to open up a room right next to City council chambers where kids can play and hang out for that hour while parents show up wearing green. Um, there'll be things for kids to do, activities, coloring books, and other kids to play with. So um, please, please take an hour of your time. I know the evenings are tough, especially on a weekday, but uh, try to come down on the 23rd at from 6 to 7, um, just an hour of your time. Bring your neighbors, bring your friends, Every individual who shows up matters. Every person will be seen and counted. And uh, if you don't have any green in your wardrobe, come anyway, because I think we'll have a couple of extra t-shirts to hand out. This is neat. By the way, that is happening in like, let's say two weeks. A little less. A little less than two weeks. Yeah. And one, that is at city council. If you have not participated in your local city council meetings in some form, uh, it's a nice thing because you're included. And as she said, in this case, each person represents 50 people. It's different for every city, but you have a larger representation than just yourself because not everybody's going to be there at that time, not for example. Not everybody knows about it. Um, obviously, some people work late into the evening, um, but if you can make yourself available, you really can change the course of our community. I mean, really... Uh, who cares how great the schools are, how convenient shopping is, um, all of the wonderful qualities, the weather, all the wonderful qualities this city has to offer. Who cares about it if you're slowly polluting yourself, um, you know, and your children and your families and, you know, uh, your parents are, are more likely to get, you know, uh, Alzheimer's, uh, you know, it's, it's too much of a health risk to stay if we move in this direction. Who wants to live in one of the most polluted cities in the country? Nobody. That is why people leave Mexico City and other regions of the world that are not very breathable, and they go somewhere that is more breathable. Oh, one thing I'd like to mention, um, if any of you would like to do some of your own research, again, you can go to stopgrayson.com. On there, as I mentioned, um, up in the upper left-hand corner of the website, it says health risks. You can look at numerous articles uh, from all kinds of sources 
on the health risks that living next to electrical, natural gas powered power plants um, have on local residents. But also if you go, and I'm not sure if it's under financial risk or if it's under resources, there are two other links um, at the upper, uh, the, the upper area of the website um, where they list all the LA Times articles um, indicating the financial repercussions of building out more and more power plants on the state in general um, and and also what kind of effects it has on local residents fiscally as well if they don't have enough ratepayers. So all of this information that I have been listing to you has all been documented. I get I got it from you know from from um, reliable um, publications um, which you can read up on yourself all listed on that website. We even have a link to the EIR, believe it or not, on the Stop Grayson website. Um, 5,000 pages. It's 5,000 pages. You can read through it yourself. <laughs> but I, I strongly suggest don't just read the verbiage in the first half of the 5,000 pages. Flip back and you'll see numbers in the back and it might be a little hard to parse it all out. But, you know, we've had... Um, uh, let's see, uh, Earth Justice, attorneys from Earth Justice and Sierra Club read these, um, these tables in, in uh, much, uh, much detail. And, and they are the ones that ha have been pointing out all the various um, numbers that we should be concerned about and what kind of effects it will have. So uh, there you go. Huh. A couple of key things I want to throw in there. It is worth looking at documentation connected to something you're inclined towards. For example, this has the 5,000 page EIR. You might have a research paper related to something you can check on. Also, for the people who are listening who are in Europe and or East Coast, maybe th this doesn't directly relate to you. Maybe this motivates you to check on your local health issue, something with your city. But if you're in the region, of course, this applies and Glendale is a large part of Los Angeles, I would like to point out. I think 200,000 people. Yeah, we're the third largest city in the county. Third largest city in the county. You know I made a rap about Los Angeles. We have 10 million people, 18 million in the whole like broader Los Angeles, whatever region. But we have, we're packed with people. Los Angeles is like, I don't know, 5% of the country. I don't know what the percent is, but it's, it's pretty large. Yeah, if you're in the local area. Also participating is cool. Maybe you don't know about what happens. There's like a few city council members, what people do when they go in front of it, how a movement is made, how some see this by talking to people and setting up a group, then uh, representing a larger group of people, a motion was made, and then a vote happens. That's the United States. If that wasn't there, we would have no voice. This is a voice. You know, the interesting thing to know is um, citizens generally don't get the opportunity to vote on utility laws. Um, that's usually done by um, state representatives or sometimes local uh, representatives like in Glendale. Um, the reason why um, city council gets to vote on this rather than um, something on a larger state level is because the power plant already exists. Uh, and it, but it's an old power plant and um, it's actually... Um, not used very much. So um, the impact of running uh, to of, of expanding it, it, it's pretty much doing a complete renovation. Um, so, uh, but as I said, because um, 
because it's expanding a power plant that already exists, uh, that's why city council is voting on it rather than state regulators in this situation. Uh, but city council, I mean, city council are just people like you and me. Uh, they're people. They are. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're residents like you and me. And, and um, you know, they, they uh, certainly might be, uh, have educated themselves in certain areas of city planning, but they don't necessarily have um, a rich background in energy renewal or the or knowledge base in the impacts of of how uh, natural gas plants affect um, the air quality or community. So they've been relying on GWP uh, for their information up until this point. And then once that EIR came out, that's when it became quite evident that we can't rely on GWP for, for their guidance uh, because ultimately they have their own agenda. Um, and now that technology is moving in the direction of green energy, it is within our grasp to move in a direction which um, can make our air cleaner uh, rather than going in the direction of polluting our air 686% more. Dang, what a statement right there. Large percentage, by the way. And I want to link, uh, this is about power. This is directly about power generation. The amount of things in our current society that link to it are large. Obviously, the planet heating is connected to it. Bitcoin issues about all the computer processing time related to power usage. Power is like, even in the book, Jeffrey West scale talks about uh, metabolic rate of cities increasing metabolism, your glucose levels powers you and your executive ability to make decisions. This is just very directly connected to getting power. The good news is solar is obviously improving this because it's sun and then converted we don't have to do much yeah huh so that is a definite initiative of sorts and you know where you can check that out also stopgrayson.com now Oh, by the way, you can also go to our Facebook page, too. If um, if you're on Facebook, just go to Glendale Environmental Coalition, um, and you can join our group <laughs> and become an activist along with us. Uh, we'd love to have you join our efforts. Shout-outs to Jane. Also, last episode's Felipe, activism, right? Now, I want to throw in one last thing as a, you know, a variety thing. This is obviously a fitting element of activism, Currently, out of nowhere, question, surprise, question, book you like or goal you have 2018? Oh. This is one variety at the end, a closer. Okay. I can't believe it's 2018. Can it is definitely 2018. I, um... A goal this year. Uh, Other than this, I know because this is actually this. This is the, the but something else, no, something no, no. more. Hopefully, we can move past this in the first quarter of the year. I mean, that's my hope, and then I can put my focus on something else. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I've been a stay-at-home mom for the last couple of years. I I have, as you know, I have a um, a little boy who just turned four, and um, I'm looking at the next chapter of my life. Um, what um, you know look into uh, maybe going back to school and, and getting back to work again. So that that's, that's sort of, I have to do a little bit more research in which direction I want to go, but um, I'm concerning a couple of different avenues. And, um, 
and hopefully I'll have a more concrete plan by by uh, fall of this year. Stop having concrete plans, okay? We need people to have... No, I'm kidding. Uh, and then last one, any books? Do you like any category of books? What have you read? I always talk about books, so I'm throwing that in there. <coughs> oh, no, um, I need to read more. It's it's tough to do when you have a... a, a 5,000-page EIR. 5,000-page <laughs> EIR to read. Or, or, or you know, a, a small child to get to bed every night right. who likes to get up every hour. Um, <coughs> yeah. Nice. Um, what have I read lately that I've really enjoyed? Um, oh, gosh. There is... There's so many great books on child development mm -hmm. that I've been reading. Um, that makes sense because <laughs> with a four-year-old, that is very fitting. It matches um, there. It, it's my job these days, right? Yes. So there's a book in particular that I read that I, I think, I mean, I, I guess I can't speak for all parents. Um, she is right now speaking for at least 50 parents if we use the same representation as happens in City Hall. Um, but there's a great book called, I'm looking it up right now, Raising a... While she just looks this up, I want to mention I have not read. Uh, that's one category I don't read is child development. Usually it's science or some sort of nonfiction. But that is definitely a category in the bookstore. I don't mention all the other categories. I want to throw that in. There's self-help. There's psychology, uh, cooking books. There's a lot of different avenues with which to gain knowledge. Now back. Here it is. Okay. So there's two that I recommend. Raising your spirited child, which is really, really helpful. The child is spirited. <laughs> yes. Most most children, I think, are spirited when they're two, three, four years old. Um, and the second one I found really, really helpful is called um, The Sensory Sensitive Child. Um, because a lot of children, maybe not all, but a lot of children um, have... Um, uh, particular uh, predilections for certain um, sensory experiences. Some are very tactile. Some are very audio sensitive. Some, um, my son was very, yeah, my son was very um, oral, orally sensitive, believe it or not. Uh, food was a big deal and how it felt in his mouth and whether he was comfortable swallowing food. So we went through um, quite a lot of challenges for about a year and a half trying to figure out what to get him to actually swallow, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and this book has um, great, um, both of these books have great um, suggestions of activities you can do at home to help with um, um, with uh, emotional sensitivities as well as physical sensitivities that your child might have at a young age. Now, in closing, I want to bring up two points here. You can tell with both topics, the books, and also the city air pollution issue, those connect to Jane caring about, obviously, people's health, but also her child. And so... This is what brings the next generation to a better place, people who are directly connected and caring about that generation. If that's not the case, you see things dwindling. You need this level of direct caring. And then the concept about the child, I think I mentioned that one time before, I like kids. Why? Because they didn't yet give up in some form. A lot of adults you might run into, it seems like they just gave up at like some age. But children yet, they still have that like, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to check this out. Oh, I didn't know that was the rule. I'll make a mistake. I like that feature. So oh, I support more. that. One more book. Sorry. This one's my favorite. Raising a Sensory Smart Child, the definitive handbook for helping your child with sensory 
sensory knowledge skills passing it on your children with sensory processing issues that's neat a sensory smart child Yes, Raising a Sensory Smart Child, the definitive handbook for helping your child with sensory processing issues. That one has been the most helpful to me, but all of them have been really, really terrific. That is quite cool. When you're doing something, find resources that work towards that thing, and you can do it better because other people did it. That's the same thing I mentioned from Sapolsky's book on empathy. Empathy, it seems altruistic, but it's actually self-oriented because you can take the other person's example and learn from it without having to go through it. We will close the episode there. Shout outs to the content. Shout outs to activism along the lines of Felipe. This is a good double set of episodes. Felipe's was more about like uh, economic change uh, through uh, like production value and how people are valued. They're connected. It's movement, people. Jane, I want to thank you for being on episode 72 of the Armin Show podcast. Thank you for having me. And everybody, come January 23rd to Glendale City Hall, 613 East Broadway, Glendale 91206, from 6 to 7, wearing green. Come, come, come. If you were able to do we really so. Need, we really need your help and support, and every single person matters. Boom. There it is. And we are out. <laughs>